Good evening, afternoon, night, morning, whenever you find a way to watch or listen to this podcast. It's me, Omar, back with another installation of this podcast, back with a familiar face, a uh, friend that I love to have on this podcast, Bobby of the TNT College Football Podcast. And uh, he's rocking the Yukon hat. So just like last time, we're going to talk about Yukon football with, with Bobby. Uh, before we start, Bobby, how's everything going? Good, Omar. How are you? I'm good. I'm blessed, blessed and highly favored. Um, so yes. I mean, I'm just excited to talk about college football, even though the season just ended. It's always a it's always a weird time because you're sad that the season ended, but then now it's almost like there's no end with the transfer portal and everything. Going, I mean, it seems like it never ends anymore. But now we got to wait till August for games. It's kind of sad. <clears throat> yeah, it, it is sad. I mean, and like I always love the All Star games too. It's like one of my favorite times yeah. here as I as I'm rocking my little bowl hat. Um, like my favorite times of year because me is just like a college football historian. Uh, how much these games meant, you know, to uh to to onlookers across the country, seeing like all these players come, like even back in the days when not many games were televised, seeing all these players like come together and play on TV all in one place. Or if you're a fan going to these games, seeing these players, you know, play in your backyard, whether it was like in San Francisco, uh, for the East West Shrine game, just seeing them play. So a, a lot of the luster of All Star games has worn off, but not for not for people like me. Still love seeing these uh, these games, um, you know, no no matter what. So uh, that is that is also I guess sort of a I guess a consolation now the season's over and of course schedules releasing at least on the FCS level because um, they tend to release their schedules closer I guess um, like not too far out in, out out in advance. So um, plenty of excitement still. I mean, especially too if you're in the Borderlands too, as a Conference USA released their schedule. So there's a few there's a few weeknight games that uh very excited to go to like uh the I think it's the hundredth meeting of the Battle of I-10, uh, New Mexico State and Utah will be on a Wednesday night national television. So how great that is for that rivalry. But yeah, plenty of excitement. Bittersweet though, as Bobby mentioned. Um, so which is why we're just digging into like off season topics. So. Last time we were on the podcast, Bobby, we talked. We tried to project UConn's uh, bowl destination, and I thought I thought we had a lock on our hands. But um, I mean, turns out we were wrong. As I think the least expected team out of all the bowl pool to play in the Quick Lane Bowl ended up playing the Quick Lane Bowl in New right. Mexico State, um, and UConn ended up in Myrtle Beach. So, what are your thoughts? Since we're talking about UConn going like UConn's bowl destinations, what are your thoughts on the bowl destination? Um, could it have been a better destination and, and just anything else? Well, I know UConn fans loved the destination. I mean, who doesn't want to go to the beach? Uh, but I, I, I know a lot of the people that I'm close with that were able to go to the game, just, they loved it. They, they said it was a, a great, great opportunity for one, but they were treated really well. And, uh, I, I think too, a lot of Yukon people, people from Connecticut in the Northeast, they will travel to Myrtle Beach for vacations rather frequently. So I think it's kind of a place that uh, maybe some of the fans were used to. So I think that was good. Um, I, I, I mean, of course, a lot of the fans wanted to go to Boca Raton or, or some of those trendy, warm, really warm places. But I, I, I was excited about the Myrtle. Of course, any bowl, we're excited to be there. But uh, <clears throat> it was funny because when you became bowl eligible, I said, we're going to the Myrtle Beach Bowl. And I was going to speak existence. I thought about it, like, okay, Quick Lane Bowl might have might have fit better. And, and uh, that's what we talked about. And uh, 
like you said, they picked New Mexico State, which was a little interesting to say the least, but props to them for winning, though. That was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the trophy's coming back to Las Cruces. So next weekend, I'm going to make the one hour drive up to Las Cruces, take my picture with a quick lane bowl trophy. So That's awesome. <laughs> well, I can, you know, so I uh, couldn't make the game, but at least I'll, I'll, I'll make it make a for a picture for a picture with a trophy. But yeah, I think it's a good point too. just talking about uh, vacationers in the Northeast going to Myrtle Beach. Um, I mean, you mentioned the weather being warm and it, lo- it looks the weather looked good on TV like last mm-hmm. year's game. Uh, made the made the two and a half hour drive from uh, from where I was stationed in Georgia to Myrtle Beach, or actually it was three and a half hours, and uh, it, it, I was kind of struggling. By the second half, when the sun went down, I was struggling in uh in just the hoodie with the temperatures. So um, you know, might might have been warm then, but wasn't warm last year. So I mean, that's good to hear. I mean, I I, I guess. Um, but yeah, like in terms of, I guess I it's good. I guess that UConn got it in with the ESPN bowls, which is I think that's all it came down to. What surprised me the most is like. New Mexico State had an in with the ESPN Bowls, which is why, like, you know, didn't think they'd go to the Quick Lane Bowl, which is why UConn fit there. So whatever that holds for future bowl appearances, I, I don't know if there's sort of, some sort of backroom deal with ESPN and UConn, but this certainly bodes well that an ESPN-owned bowl was willing to take a flyer on uh, on UConn. Uh, I'll speak to the tie-in aspect. I, I've heard AD Dave Benedict say, that there is a tie-in in the works. I, of course, nobody knows what it is. Uh, that has not been released, and nobody, nobody knows about that. But that they, there's at least something going on. It, it very well could be the scenario we're going to be talking about in this episode. I, I have no idea, but um, yeah, there's. But I've been told that there's something in the works, at least. Wow, that's exciting to hear. And like, I've been I've been wondering too. If there would be something that works because something I thought about with conference realignment, the biggest domino to have fallen is BYU. I think in terms of well, yeah. I, at least for a school like UConn, uh, because BYU had I think it well this year. Excuse me. Yeah. So this year, so even number odd number of years, um, 2021, 2023, and 2025, they had a contract with the Independence Bowl. So that's an easy you know plug and play there. Um, and I think at this point with the type of tie-ins that the Independence Bowl has, like, uh, you know, it, it makes sense for them to, uh, you know, I wouldn't say settle for UConn because I, I don't think I don't think UConn fans think uh, Shreveport is a, a match made in, he- in heaven for them as a bowl destination. I don't think Shreve locals in Shreveport think that, but it's something that's very workable. So mm-hmm. um, not insulting either part or either party, by the way, but um just kind of just kind of saying like ideally in terms of geography and everything you know put into a you know into perspective but that's amazing to hear there's a bolt that, that there's a bolt tie in the works um so i i guess that's a smooth lead into our to our topic uh of discussion today uh, we're discussing a couple weeks ago the cincinnati chili bowl announced they're going to conduct a feasibility study for a bowl game to be hosted at that at that city's mls field uh tql stadium uh, to be hosted or for bowl to be televised on the CW. And it's very unique because Cincinnati, you don't think as a, as a great winter destination for snowbirds, but with any bowl, you need tie-ins. So that's where UConn comes into play here and independent without a bowl tie and just hoping for an at-large spot to come or a year where there's not enough eligible teams and bowls have to choose UConn. So Bobby, what are your initial thoughts on UConn being in the Cincinnati Chili Bowl if this were to come into fruition? I think any tie-in is huge. I, I don't care where it is. I think, uh, like like this, like you said. I mean, 
you almost have you have to hope that not enough teams become eligible in, in the scenario that we have now. So it's it's so important to get that tie in, and I, I think Cincinnati would be fantastic because I think it's it's within driving distance of Connecticut. I mean, I don't know the exact uh, metrics on that, but it, it's a drivable distance. Me personally, living in Illinois, I would love it. It's not terribly far for me, selfishly, um, but. I think, uh, <clears throat> like I said, it, any scenario is good for UConn with a tie-in. Um, and UConn has uh, a bit of a history playing in Cincinnati, so there, there's there's been some uh, been some battles in Cincinnati, Louisville, in that area. So I mean, there it's it would be good. Uh, I think it would be a good opportunity potentially to open up some. Uh, potential recruiting uh, inroads in the state of Ohio. I mean, I know the UConn coaching staff is top notch and I know they're, they're doing their best across the country, getting the guys. And we all know Ohio is a very talent rich state, especially in the Midwest, um, probably the best in the Midwest. Um, so I think it would be, it'd be fantastic. I mean, then you get to go to Cincinnati and have chili, chili dogs. I mean, who doesn't want that? I definitely agree on the chili dogs part. It's interesting you put up the you bring up the history of UConn in Cincinnati. You know, of course, me growing up watching Cincinnati, UConn be in the Big East with Cincinnati and watching that carry on to the American until UConn opted for independence. Uh, that kind of brings me to ask about opponent wise, like what were your thoughts? What were your thoughts on the American being an opponent, having UConn play some of those old conference rivals? Um, maybe not so much rivals, but kind of stir up that bad blood because I know there's a lot of bad blood about UConn leaving the conference and uh, you, of course, being a basketball coach, disrespecting mm-hmm. the basketball pedigree of the American on the way out. So, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that whole dynamic, if that were to be? I, I, it's definitely going to be interesting, that's for sure. Um, I, I'll speak on the fact of my UConn fandom and connections really have only started it within the past couple of years while they've been an independent. I mean, of course I, I know the history and everything, but, and I know there's a lot of fans that, that might be a little, they're not gonna be upset, but I think it would, it's going to bring up some memories possibly. But uh, I, I think anytime you have an opportunity to play a good team, especially the American has good teams. We know that. And, Anytime you, you have the opportunity to play somebody uh, like that, it's going to be great. I mean, they play USF this year in, in, in Connecticut. Um, so there's, there's definitely history between those two. <clears throat> but I think the other thing that we could see if it's an AAC partnership is with all the new teams in the, in the American, it could be somebody completely different too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, we forget just like the huge turnaround, like the amount of teams they're absorbing, mm-hmm. I think six teams from conference USA. So it's going to be a totally different makeup than of course the, the makeup that UConn was used to with the three schools, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF leaving uh, the next year. So that's, that's, a, that's a great point that it could be a different makeup and, you know, the bad blood maybe, you know, won't be there uh, for sure. But I guess like going to a more realistic opponent, of course, this game, Cincinnati, it's in Mac country. You have the, I think, four MAC schools. Yeah, the four schools in the MAC. Um, yeah, I think it's four in the MAC. And of course, you have Miami, Miami of Ohio in that Southern Ohio region. 
Uh, what would you think about UConn being tied into this bowl with a MAC opponent? I think it'd be great. Uh, that's something that uh, me and my co-host that I do a weekly UConn football show. We've talked a lot about UConn and the MAC, uh, just because uh, right now, especially the level of competition in the MAC and the way UConn's been most recently, it, it fits the competition level. Granted, UConn is, of course, trying to exceed that, and, and they will uh, in, in the near future. But I, I think it's I think it's something that would really really do well. I mean, uh, UConn played Ball State this year in Muncie. I was at that game. It was a good football game. And Ball State played a heck of a game. And Carson Steele was a monster. But uh, that's why he's at UCLA now. But <laughs> but I, I, I think I think it'd be really good. I think the MAC needs more bowl tie-ins too, personally, because the MAC the MAC is good. I know it takes a lot of crap uh, from the national media. And I live in Mac country. I live in Illinois. And so I only live like hour and a half, two hours from Northern Illinois. And just what that program's done over the years is amazing. And I know so many other teams in the Mac can say that too. And I think if you're able to play an upper echelon team in the Mac, uh, it'd be a really good test. Yeah, I, I would agree for that. Um, on to the point, I guess, with, UConn and the MAC matching up well. Uh, are you surprised that UConn isn't playing the MAC as much in their independent schedules? I mean, I just I can just speak on just this year and uh twenty twenty one, where only I mean Ball State's the only opponent they played from the MAC. Where like Army in their years when they returned, <clears throat> excuse me, when they returned from Conference USA to Independence, they played a MAC team every single year from two thousand five to twenty eighteen, and then of course played Ball State last year in 2021. It was just huge for the building that schedule. Uh, those games were always kind of – I always thought those games were cool, honestly, especially in 2018 when Army won a won its first uh, Lambert Trophy in nearly 60 years and just, like, seeing them clip down, like, three bowl-eligible uh, MAC teams, including a Buffalo team that won 10 games and blew out Rutgers. You know, they also they also played – they also beat a, a, a decent Eastern Michigan team by multiple scores. Um, a decent team that almost beat Georgia Southern and Camellia Bowl that year. So I just think about the the regional interest of those rivalries, you know, while we're like UConn isn't in, you know, they're not in Mac country. They're not in the Midwest, but they're they're close enough where it's like interesting. It's a manageable drive and they match up well to those schools. So I guess what, what were your thoughts on just like UConn's kind of infrequencies in playing the Mac? I agree with you. I mean, I, I think I think it'd be – Great. I've, I've always wondered why they don't play Buffalo more. Uh, just, I mean, that, of course, Buffalo is the most Eastern team in the max. I mean, and it's not far from Connecticut, so it would make perfect sense. I mean, I know that they, they played in a bowl game, but other, I mean, other than that, there isn't much of a history. Um, and again, selfishly, I'd love to see them play more Mac teams because then they'd be closer for me. But at the same time, I, I think it's, the matchup perspective, like we've talked about, especially recently, um, it would just be a lot better. I know AD Dave Benedict strives for UConn to have a power five type schedule and uh, strives to have UConn play as many P5s as possible. And he's done an amazing job with that. And I know he tries to get as many of the Northeast P5 teams to play as possible. And this year he did an amazing job getting 
getting uh, Syracuse, Boston College, uh, just it, those those matchups are huge for Northeast football, as you know. And uh, I, but I agree. I mean, getting getting some games against the upper echelon teams in the MAC and then beating them, like you said, in Army's case, can really propel you into a, a really good season. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, especially when you beat teams that are like in the upper level of the conference, you know, when you beat the teams that participate in the MAC championship game, like those are just great non-conference wins for, you know, as independent, it's always kind of hard. You know, if you don't get those power five wins, it's like what it's like what wins do you hang your hat on? And like that's not to say that power five wins are the only wins that matter, but it's like when you when you beat teams that are regionally close to you and have solid seasons, it just means you know so much more for independence. Uh, you know. While like I, I think like speaking, I guess in UConn's case, you know the, the win against I I, I got to ask like the win against Fresno State was great, but I guess how was your feeling like did uh did it feel different that it was a California team and not like a you know a nearby team? That game was monumental just because it helped us get over the hump and helped us mentally so much. But I mean I do agree beating a team from California it probably doesn't meet as much as say beating um, you name it from the ACC, like a, one of the smaller teams in the ACC, or even, even uh, like obviously UConn plays UMass every year, but <clears throat> obviously our win against Boston college, that means so much uh, for, for so many reasons, the rivalry itself, and then just staking a claim in the Northeast. But I mean, I, I I totally get what you're saying there, and and there is definitely something to that. I mean, you want to beat the teams that you're that are more of a rival to you, but geographically, it just means more too. Yeah, I, I would agree, and that's what came to my mind. Which I mean, I forgot to mention when I asked, but like the Boston College game, of course, like Boston College three and nine, you know, but. Uh, just that whole regional aspect, you know, UConn's first win against BC, despite being a conference base for a couple years in the Big East and, and everything else, and, and, and then meeting a couple times after being conference made. So um, I, I do agree, even though the Fresno State win was huge. Uh, just moving on, I guess, to, uh, to more opponents. Like, this one's kind of outside the box, but of course, like with the new bowl, needing new tie-ins and everything, uh, this kind of ties into the whack a sun, you know, this, uh, ambitious plan to uh move all these teams up to uh, fbs all at once because what would your thoughts be i don't think it's likely that this that this conference would uh be one of the be one of the bowl tie-ins and not the mac you know that we would have a yukon versus whack a sun matchup but what would your thoughts be on that potentially playing i guess the champion of the whack a sun uh which i i do believe that the cincinnati chili bowl would probably be their only bowl tie-in um just with the tenuous climate with bowls. So what would your, your thoughts be on UConn playing the WAC A-Sun champion? It'd be interesting. That's for sure. I mean, <laughs> props to those teams for having, for those institutions, I should say, for having the ambition to do this, um, especially in this climate. I mean, it's, it's, it's rough out here for a lot of these smaller, smaller schools. I mean, so for them to have, uh, the I guess the sense and the wherewithal to do something like that I give them all the credit in the world for it um I, I it, it, again it would be a little 
it might be a little weird to play a team from the West coast or a team from Texas in a, in a bowl game like that. But if it's the conference champion, you're playing an upper echelon team, a better team. So I, I think anytime you can beat somebody who's, who's a good quality opponent, it's, it's huge, especially for UConn moving forward as we're trying to establish ourselves and build the, and, and create a better image of the program. I think this year they did just an unbelievable job of doing that. I think it's completely changed the national media's perspective of them, um, but there's still work to be done. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it would be interesting to meet a lot of these schools because of course, like the Wacky Sun kind of, it spans from Eastern Kentucky to all the way to Utah with Southern Utah mm-hmm. and Utah tech. I always, I always keep wanting to call Utah Tech Dixie State still, but I keep yeah, forgetting. Yeah. Like they, yeah, I keep forgetting. But um, but yeah, like even then, but you, like you mentioned, like the schools being distant, like it would be weird having like the Texas schools and like the Utah schools playing as a conference champion that game. But I mean, Austin P and Eastern Carol Eastern Kentucky are are nearby. Um, I think uh, within two hours away of Cincinnati and would probably probably sell well you know so it could feel like you know you're going into someone's backyard and beating them if you come over to play either, either of those schools uh if that were in the i want to say slim chance of that happening but you you honestly never know uh what the way right. things are these days yeah you never know you never know what's going to happen now i mean i agree with you i think the mac i think they'd be really missing out if they didn't get a mac team in there but crazier things have happened as we've seen yeah absolutely um yeah i think this wraps up our conversation with uh with yukon and everything that's uh that's involving the the cincinnati show ball the possibility of that i guess with uh with all-star season coming up uh, are there any yukon guys that you're looking out for bobby uh i know i i know i think it's one it's either one or two uh, defensive backs from yukon playing in the hula bowl um I know there's already one but i don't know if they added another one but i mean other than uh the hula bowl participants for yukon like is there anyone else in uh all-star game season to watch out for for Husky Nation? There's two guys in the Hula Bowl. Um Trey Wortham is the corner. And then uh linebacker Brandon Boyer Randall is in there. Um hopefully hopefully as things continue, as the program continues to build, we'll get more and more guys in there. UConn was very underclassmen heavy this year so there wasn't a ton of seniors but uh for trey wortham was one of the top guys in the country in interceptions he he had a fantastic season and then brandon boyer randall uh came to yukon after playing at middle at uh, michigan state in texas tech so he when he's playing he is a fantastic linebacker so i mean these are two guys that are gonna have a shot um um I don't obviously I you have no idea if they're going to get drafted, but with now with the options of uh, the XFL, USFL, and the CFL, I mean, there's opportunities for guys to play still. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't agree more. And I mean, you look at like the Hula Bowl. One of my favorites too is like uh, my podcast with Jackson our preview. Uh, I always talk about how the Hula Bowl is more of a celebration of college football compared to the Senior Bowl, where it's like you know it's got that pro pro radar. Uh, yeah. last year, um, when I went to the Hula Bowl last year from, uh, from, from, you know, from Georgia, got a cheap, cheap flight from Georgia to, uh, to Orlando, uh, and then saw Mackenzie Milton, you know, 
you know, play like, you know, one last game of the bounce house. It was definitely a celebration, uh, celebratory, celebratory atmosphere that game. But even then, I mean, just you looking at the quarterback picture in the NFL um, in week 18 and even in the playoffs, uh, you look at Anthony Brown, a guy who played in the hula ball last year. Uh, that no one really batted an eye towards during uh during All Star game season. And Skylar Thompson, a guy who played an East West Shrine game, um, which hadn't had a third rounder, or they hadn't had a second rounder, I think, in like almost twenty years. Um, before uh, I think Taekwon Thompson was drafted last year. Um, so All Star these All Star games do matter. You know, you saw it in, in the Week eighteen playoff picture. Like these games do matter. Um, so you know, it's, it's great that these UConn guys are playing in it, and uh, I just hope I gotta I gotta check to see which Army guys are playing. Cause uh, last year I was so stoked to see um, that Zach Harding, our, our punter, got got a spot in the in the in the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl because, you know, that's just a, that's just like a, a spotlight. That's like a spotlight position. Like, you know, there's no rush. You can just you know see the punters just unleash rockets um, yep. all day. So, um, you know, hopefully I got to see I got to see Army's All Star picks, but I'm sure there's one or two. But um. Oh yeah, if not Andre Carter, I know that's the obvious one. Hopefully, you got yeah. a senior bowl invite. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely the obvious one there. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I th- I think that's all I have to talk uh talk about, Bobby. Do you have anything else to add? No, I mean I, I'm just thankful that you had me on the show again, Omar. Uh, always appreciate coming on here. I love talking with you, and uh, hopefully the listeners, uh, as I do, uh, learn to appreciate the Huskies and hopefully they continue to, to uh, put a good uh, product on the field. I know they will coach Moore is doing a heck of a job. Absolutely. And um, I, I got to agree with the same, you know, uh, as an army fan, it's hard for me to give up that, uh, that pedestal of being like the, the preeminent Northeastern independent, you know, or like, or like not, not give it up. I'd say like uh, have competition, you know, but it's 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 welcome competition. It's good for Northeast college football for uh, yes. both Army and UConn to be to be doing good. Um. So yeah, no, I mean, look out for for Bobby's content, not just UConn, but everything else. TNT College Football Podcast, uh, on Twitter and on Spotify. Links will be in the description and everything. And thanks for tuning in, everyone. Till next time, peace, love, and soul.